what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Spirit Phil Real Talk podcast. Today, 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 we are going to talk about surveying your heart, literally, surveying your heart. Now, this isn't always a fun word, but keep in mind, the root of all sin is unbelief. And unbelief is really turning your heart away from God in some way. So when you do a survey of your heart, it's looking for all the ways that you've turned your heart away from God. All right, so keep that in mind. I'm also going to highlight that the fight to stand firm, when you see that verse, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, the fight to stand firm is actually the fight of faith. Okay, think about it. In a space where there's unbelief everywhere, who should we trust to keep us from falling? If we think that it's ourselves that can keep us from falling, or if we think that it's another person that can keep us from falling, or a job that can keep us from falling, or a habit that can keep us from falling, or whatever it is, right? We're seriously mistaken. Jude 24, Jude 1 24 actually says this. Are you ready? All right, it says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault. Another verse. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Did you catch that? Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Okay? That tells you that it's him. Now unto him who's able to do that. We're not able to do that. And we often get it twisted. We think that we can keep ourselves together. We think that we can control. We think that we can walk uprightly. But we, apart from God, are not able to do that. So... How do you contend for the faith in a climate of faithlessness? A lot of times we see that in the world, right? How do you contend for the faith in a climate that does not produce faith? How do you do that? The answer is worship. The answer is worship. You don't really need to remember how great and powerful you are, right? In your own strength, in your own might, in your own understanding, You need to remember how great God is and who God is and that it is God, it is Christ who is keeping you, right? Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling. It's not you and it's not anything that you can do no matter how organized, no matter how knowledgeable, no matter how talented you are, 
It's only God. So you've got to make sure that you're putting your worship in the right place. Okay. Well, also now, <laughs> keep this in mind. It's hard for people to be faithful. We've seen this. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you've caught this, right? So take Israel, right? There's great deliverance, but it's interesting how cravings, right? The body will make us want something or go back to something that we weren't happy with in the first place. Weird, right? You could have complete deliverance, but your body and your cravings, right, will make you want to go back to a place where you weren't happy and convince you that you were, that that's somehow better than being delivered. Or take David. Here here he is slaying giants, and then all of a sudden he's slaying a soldier to cover his own sin. What? (laughs) Right? Or Peter. Here's Peter that's a man of great faith, right? And one piece of wind (laughs) just leads him to to fall and to, to drown, right? And to ask for help. And also, he denies Jesus not one time, not like an oops. He denies Jesus three times, right? So wait a second. What's going on here? And even in that, Jesus still kept Peter, even when Peter didn't want to be kept. So hopefully these examples show you two things. One, that... It has been historically difficult for people to be faithful. It has been challenging for people to contend for the faith in climates of faithlessness. It is a fight. It's not this just easy, nonchalant thing. It is a fight to stand firm. Standing firm is the fight of faith, right? So what does being kept by God mean? So the first thing is, number one, it is difficult It requires diligence. It requires being on guard. It requires being intentional. It requires making sure that your armor is on, right? It requires a lot of effort of your will to contend for the faith in a climate of faithlessness. And also remember that it is God that keeps us even when we don't want to be kept. And I don't know if I have any witnesses out there, but how many of you have experienced seasons and in hindsight you see how god kept you if that doesn't humble you i don't know what will (laughs) all right so let's talk about what being kept by god is it is working out your salvation and not being lazy about it so working out your salvation again is not a one-time event like some can think it is It's putting into action what God has put in you and doing these things that God instructs you to do, whether that is abiding in the Lord, seeking him first, right? It is God's power that is the fuel to walk out your salvation, okay? And he is the one that is able to present you blameless. He's able to keep you from going low and from and keep you standing, really. So he's able to help you walk uprightly. That's not something that you work for. It's something that you work with God to do, all right? We are made righteous purely by faith. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we're not working to please God, but it is impossible to please God without faith, right? So let's just take a pause for a second and do a little survey. Survey your heart right here, right now with this thought. The way you live bears fruit 
of what you believe. The way you live bears fruit of what you believe. So what have you been believing? What have you been fixating on? What areas of your life demonstrate that you're walking and working out your salvation? And what areas maybe don't demonstrate that? What areas are really revealing how much you're worshiping and glorying in God's goodness? And what areas might not be representing that at all? Now, why would we trust God? Sometimes there's things that you just don't question. For example, we trust God because Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. We trust God because he's fully trustworthy. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He walked blamelessly. Hath he said and shall he not do it? So God is fully trustworthy. His word does not return void. Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? God keeps his promises, right? So God is not a man that he should lie. So he's fully trustworthy. But unbelief will have you living out here in the world with many gods and with many idols. And really what that means is, yes, sin, right? Unbelief is the root of all sin, but we've misplaced our faith. So our faith is not in God alone. Our faith is in provision. Our faith is in this relationship. Our faith is in our talent and our abilities. Our faith is in our own understanding, right? Our faith is in a drug of some kind. Our faith is in this addiction, right? But God is the God of all comfort. So once you believe that, you won't go to these other things to provide you with your comfort. And I know that that's deep and I know that that might cut, but it's true. God is the God of all comfort. This is actually in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we shall share abundantly in comfort too. So God is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, not in some, in all our affliction, so that what? We may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we are comforted by God. So as we receive, we give, right? So keep that in mind. God is the God of all comfort. What does that mean? Only God can be God for you. Everything else is far too inconsistent, weak, too human, right? To be consistent, to be strong, to be reliable, to be trustworthy, right? God is the God that you can go to. And a lot of times we get out of alignment because we're going to idols, we're going to people, we're going to things to provide what only God can for us, okay? Now, keep this in mind. When you've been saved, what that means is you are saved from God's wrath, right? The wrath towards sinners to the safety of God's mercy, okay? What does that mean? It means that now God's motives 
are always good. Okay, under his domain and under his authority is the safest place to be. In his dominion, in his authority, that is the safest place that you can be. That is where you will have the fullness of the comfort he has for you. But a lot of times it's our former way of living that causes us to project anything less than goodness on God. So if we didn't have a present and good father, we project that on God. If we didn't have a nurturing and reliable mother, we project that on God. If life is not going well or we really experienced a lot of challenge and trauma, we project this on God. It skews our view, right? But how we see, honor, and understand God has a huge impact in being able to stand firm. Can you see that? I hope so. All right, so what does this mean and how can you apply it? Here's a thought. Is who I think I am and who people say I am true, right? Because a lot of times we also project a certain image into the world and then people also view us a certain way. But is that true? And where do I go to find the truth of who God is, who I am, so that I can really live a purposeful life? What do I do? How do I do that? When I'm surveying my heart, perhaps I'm seeing some things that really reflect unbelief. Or when I survey how I've been living my life, I'm seeing where I don't believe, where I'm lacking a ton of faith and where I need to adjust, where I need to align with faith. I'm seeing that now. So how do I live a purposeful life when I've got this stuff going on? So I will leave you with this. I'm going to take you to Genesis. This is the place where you can get it all straight in the case of this example. So the beginning. (laughs) In the beginning, it says that we are image bearers of God. Okay? So we are image bearers of God. Genesis 1 tells us that. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature. Okay? So the first thing that you've got to let hit your spirit is that God made you in his image. And that means that you matter. We matter. Okay? Then if we matter so much and if we're in the image of God, how come we don't show up like it? How come we don't live in faith? Well, Genesis 3 happened. (laughs) This is known as the fall, right? But it's really about deception. Deception happened, okay? It's where basically the serpent is telling Eve if she eats of this fruit, then she can be like God, okay? And the problem with that is that we don't find ourselves by looking to ourselves but by looking to and honoring the one who we were made for, okay? So when we become so self-centered, a lot of times we got to shift out of focus and focus on God. The more you know God, the more you actually know yourself, all right? So that would be number two is understand that deception happened and be diligent about finding those places within yourself, not from shame, guilt, condemnation, but Be ruthless about finding those places in yourself where you might be deceived, where you might be 
naive, where you might not have knowledge, where you're not walking in truth, okay? That would be two. Then moving on from two, when you recognize that, turn towards God in faith. That is repentance. You turn away from sin. You turn away from unbelief. You turn away from the things that are turning your heart away from God, and you turn towards God and faith. So sometimes, rather than focusing on the things that are turning you away, you actually turn from all of those things by focusing on God and faith. All right, so that would be number three. And then number four would be believe him and trust him constantly and consistently. That's number four. Believe him and trust him constantly and consistently. That will only build your faith and increase momentum in your faith walk and faith journey. Okay? All right. And then hopefully when you look again at the way you live your life, you'll see fruit of faith. You'll see it. You'll know it. You'll demonstrate not only to yourself, but to others around you that God can be trusted, that everything about God is good, that perhaps what we've been projecting on God was from our own unbelief, right? So survey your heart. That is the the gift on today, the encouragement on today. Survey your heart. Look at any ways in your heart that you're turning away from God. See how that might be preventing you for contending for the faith. That might be really making it hard for you to be faithful if you're caught up in unbelief in that area or bearing fruit of those thoughts, of those actions, of those words, of those behaviors, right? And then realize that the only way you're being kept by now is not in your own strength. It's not in your own understanding. It's not even in your own power or your ability. You didn't put breath in your lungs. You didn't form yourself, right? Keep that in mind. So recognize that you're an image bearer of God and that you matter. Pay attention to any areas that have brought deception into your life. Repent of that and believe God and trust him and turn up your worship. Worship is acknowledging that you don't need to remember how great you are. Okay? <laughs> not, not to build your strength anyway, but it's God that's keeping you. And you've got to focus on how great God is. All right? So a really great verse on this is Revelation 4.11. Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. For thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they were and were created. Okay? So believe God. Trust that he's the God of all comfort. See, honor, and understand him so that you can know the truth of who you are and live a purposeful life. All right. I hope this message blessed you. If you want to go deeper in your devotional time with God, if you want to learn about reclaiming your spiritual authority, your co-laboring with God, check out the God's Vibes Matter books. You can find them over at julianapage.com or on amazon.com. And if this message blessed you, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, that you give it a rating, and that you share it with a friend. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.